Hi, I'm Hannah Crum, the Kombucha Mama. Welcome to the Kombucha Camp Podcast. Today I'm excited to be speaking with Mark McAfee, owner of Organic Pastures, a raw milk dairy located in Fresno, California. Mark is a vocal advocate for both raw milk and probiotics. We discuss how pasteurization alters the chemical nature of food, the difference between lactose intolerance and pasteurization intolerance, how mental and physical health problems are often related to diet, and much more. I hope you enjoy part one, and make sure you check out part two. Hi, this is Mark McAfee. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm good, and I'm ready for you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, so why don't we start at the, let's begin at the beginning. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how Organic Pastures got started? Well, Organic Pastures grew out of um, an inheritance from my grandparents that happened in 1996 when um, the family farms were uh, left to me. And so my brothers and I were given almost 700 acres of property, and uh, they said, hey, you're the guy. You're, you get the farm because we're on doing other things. <laughs> and I'd been a paramedic for 17 years where I'd uh, served here in Fresno County and ran about 15,000 paramedic calls. I was in medical education. So my background was kind of in medicine. My wife's an RN and a medical educator herself. And in 1999, I had an opportunity to establish Organic Pastures Dairy as kind of an outgrowth of organic alfalfa production and serving other organic dairies. And I thought, you know, I grew up on a dairy when I was a small child, and I could do organic dairy. This isn't that hard. So we started Organic Pastures with the idea that we were going to definitely have our cows on a clean and green, happy cow pasture, not some confinement operation. And that was genius uh, in retrospect because it set us up for 2000. When In 2000, we had people from Los Angeles showing up wanting their milk raw from grass-fed cows. And we, we were initially our business plan was to sell our milk to be pasteurized at Organic Valley. In fact, we did for, for several months until we had people showing up here at the dairy saying, we want your milk raw. Altadena has gone out of business last year in 1999, and we can't get raw milk anymore. And we want it from grass-fed cows, and you're the closest place, so why don't you make it for us? So my son and I built a small creamery and researched the laws and found that raw milk was completely and entirely legal in California. You just have to meet and exceed pasteurized milk standards. So we started testing our milk and finding that, wow, we can do that. Our milk's really clean and really high quality. So we started bottling milk, and uh, we were in 100 stores like within six, eight months, and now we're in almost 400 stores and 50,000 people a week drink it, and we've grown in this really horrible economic climate. We've grown substantially every year. Last year we grew 15% in one year. And... Um, it's um, a fabulous product, and we're one of only two dairies in California producing raw milk. We're the only organic dairy in California producing raw milk from grass-fed cows, and that's kind of the short story of how we got here today, and now I travel around the world speaking to people about raw milk, so <laughs> it's kind of an interesting story. So what is raw exactly? I mean, in my mind, raw is uncooked. Is that right? Well, yes, but you know what's interesting? We learned from the USDA and what's happened with almonds recently that the word raw in the law is undefined. Uh, when you go to food law and food standards, um, there's, there's a lot about pasteurization and what that means, but there's not a lot about what raw is. In fact, it's kind of been left up to uh, whoever is the most powerful to kind of decide for themselves what they want raw to mean. In California, raw almonds are actually pasteurized, but they're labeled as raw, and that's legal. So the word raw is kind of up 
to you know the people to kind of decide what it means. I know for me it means unprocessed and whole, just as Mother Nature created it um, without ever being cooked. And I agree with you 100%. But raw doesn't mean that necessarily when it comes to the law or what's being used in branding or labeling. Well, how can they call them raw almonds if they're cooked? Well, here's the thing. Um, three years ago, uh, the California Almond Board moved with some of their big partners, uh, Paramount Farming and other big uh, almond growers here in California, to encourage the USDA to come up with a new um, a new law, which was mandatory pasteurization of all California almonds. So the USDA was convinced that the uh, California Almond Board uh, had something and they wanted to pasteurize. So they allowed for irradiation, heating, and, chem and chemical treatment of almonds. The organic almonds are, are heated with very high temperature heat, like 220 degrees. Now, that doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal, except that when people want to make a raw almond milk, they soak those almonds for a couple of days to, to get them fermented a little bit. Well, if you do that with pasteurized almonds, they turn into a moldy pile of dog poop. So a couple of years ago, people really got upset that the word raw was being used kind of as an adulterated term and now there's a big lawsuit against the USDA and the California Almond Board, which is, which is progressing very nicely by the, by the uh, Cornucopia Institute, um, about the fairness in labeling. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. But at this point, I know Organic Pastures, uh, here at Organic Pastures Dairy, we have 160 acres of almonds, and we sell those almonds truly raw in a niche in the loophole, which is basically a 100 pounds per person per day from an on-farm store or farmer's market can be legally sold as truly raw. So we sell literally 50,000 pounds a year as truly raw almonds. And we tell everybody, these are truly raw. If you're looking for raw and you're buying a California almond, uh, they're pasteurized. So be cautious of what a raw almond is. So the word raw, whether it's used in kombucha, whether it's used in cheese, or whether it's used in almonds, is kind of a, a term that's unclear. Hmm. Uh, to the consumer, I think it's clear, but to those in in industry, I think it's a, a term that's manipulated for market uh, purposes. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <It's really laughs> I'm glad they right. got. I'm glad they're trying to sort it out and and get that truth and labeling going on. So I think it's the consumers that are actually pushing it because the consumers are upset that when they buy something raw and it's not raw, they feel defrauded. Well, and I think for most consumers, some some of the stuff like you already mentioned, it's common sense. Raw means uncooked. So how is right. it that that's undefinable or difficult to figure out? That doesn't seem to make it, sense. It hasn't been defined yet. That's the problem. Uh, pasteurization is 160 degrees or more. So I'm or if you don't own time, it. What is pasteurization again? Well, for milk, it's 161 degrees in 15 seconds. If it's less than that, then it's not pasteurized. But at 159 degrees in 10 seconds, it's sure been cooked pretty good, hasn't it? Uh-huh. You know? And there's a lot of raw cheeses out there. Uh, Landmark cheese, Sonnet cheese, Organic Valley cheese, Altadena cheese. All of those have been thermalized above 145 degrees, and they're called raw because it's was, a better marketing tool. I was just at Trader Joe's looking at the cheeses, and some of them are from Wisconsin. Some of them are from other states, but they say raw milk. And I was like, wait, really? Is this really raw milk? They're made from raw milk, but you put the raw milk into the vat, and then they take that vat up to 145 degrees, and it's not pasteurized, is it? Because the pasteurization is a higher temperature than that. And, in fact, they don't own a pasteurizer or own a pasteurizer license. So they get away with marketing murder there to uh, really adulterate the word raw. That's why when we sell raw cheese at Organic Pastures Dairy, we call it truly raw, which is 100 degrees or less, body temperature or less. 
And so, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think is going to kind of sort itself out here as we go forward and people realize what organic means, conventional means, pesticide means, cooked means, pasteurized means, irradiated. People start demanding that their food is processed or unprocessed in certain ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially with all the GMO <laughs> labeling that's going on and the kind of Franken foods that they're trying to pass on to us, trying to call that food <laughs> and saying, oh, well, the consumer right. doesn't want to know. They're not intelligent to know or they don't need to try and discern this information. And right. I think if anything, the complete opposite is true. <laughs> well, here, here's what's happening. What was happening on the Internet, and this is really what's doing it, social networks and sharing information between people, is that there's a reconnection occurring between food and health. And the foodies, the activists, are getting really healthy and healing themselves and preventing disease. And those people that are taking statins and every antihistamine known to man and every other drug for every other disease process and that are dying from these things, the Avandias and the diabetic drugs and stuff that killed 87,000 people, the, the, the um, anti-inflammatory drugs, um, those are killing tens of thousands of people a year. Health and medicine is becoming dissociated, and health and food are becoming reassociated. And so when that occurs, the FDA has a law that says only, only drugs can be claimed to keep or mitigate disease. People are rebelling against that. And people are saying, no, a good diet and exercise prevents disease. Your drugs kill people. They may take away the signs and symptoms of disease as you get sicker and sicker, but rarely do they actually heal disease. Now, a doctor does a great job of putting your body back together after a car accident, but doctors do a very, very poor job of, for instance, treating Crohn's disease in the gut or autoimmune diseases or inflammatory problems or, or digestive problems or illness that has to do with asthma or irritable bowel syndrome. It, it's horrendous the kinds of treatments they have. But there are wonderful natural healing cures like kombucha. It's mm. fantastic for probiotics for the gut, you know, that people all over the place on the Internet are starting to reassociate, reconnect the dots that, wow, this whole fermented food heals me. It makes my allergies better. It makes my digestive process. It makes my bowels move better. And they're realizing that food is connected to health. And that's really upsetting the FDA because of their associations with the drug companies who want to have this chokehold on the monetary gain and greed they get on selling drugs that do all those things that foods do for us. Mm -hmm. So there's this this big tug-of-war going on, and it's about organic farmers and people that are doing the home brews, uh, the kombuchas in the world, and, and the organic farmers and the drug companies mediated by the FDA and their stupid laws. And it's really causing quite a war because there's body count on one side. It's not the food side. It's the side of the drug pushing that's killing tens of thousands of people a year. This is a big war, and it's mm -hmm. really ugly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, look, I mean, Hippocrates, doctors take the Hippocratic Oath. What did he say? Let me <laughs> die medicine. You know, it seems yep. like... Way back then, they had already figured out that connection. Why is it taking us so long to come back on that page? Um, well, but I, what I'd you. like to know is how how does pasteurization alter um, the chemical makeup of the food such that it changes? Like, why is raw better? Great question. When you pasteurize anything, you change its nature, literally its nature. Pasteurization was intended to do one thing, and that was render food safe, but it has another byproduct of that's really appreciated by industry and commerce, and that is extending shelf life. So you don't have a you don't have to worry about whether you have a high quality input. You can take garbage into a product and make it into a long shelf life product and make it safe. 
But in doing so, you eliminate literally nearly all the enzymes, if not all the enzymes. You eliminate all the beneficial bacteria which pack the world from one end to the other. I mean, the world is not a sterile place. The first forms of life on Earth were bacteria, and the majority are beneficial, and the beneficial ones keep the bad ones in check. And the more antibiotics we take, the more sterile foods we consume, the more, pre uh, more uh, preservatives we put in our foods, the more our immune systems suffer, because you've got to remember, this is a huge take-home. Eighty percent of our immune systems is the biodiversity, that good rainforest of life, that bacteria in our gut that colonize our gut. And everything we seem to do in America is anti-immune system, anti-gut. The antibiotics kill off biodiversity in the gut bad, big time. The sterile foods don't feed the good bacteria into the gut, so you have no way to repopulate the gut and recolonize the gut. And then preservatives in our food kill off bacteria as intended in the food, does the same thing in your gut. So it's a triple whammy, um, and we're left immune depressed, and the superbugs being created by our medical community and the agro-industrial community that puts antibiotics in the cow feed and jams everybody known, you know, everybody in the hospital full of antibiotics, create superbugs like MRSA and BRA. They're killing 20,000 people a year and sickening much, much more. So we've got a disparity in this country of uh, really an ecosystem out of whack at the immune system level. Pasteurization has everything to do with that because raw milk is a fantastic carrier for probiotic bacteria. Breast milk is raw milk. So we're missing out, and that's why our product is, is raging in its, uh, right now in California. We can't keep the product on the shelf. It's, they sell out in two or three days. It's just amazing because people are looking for unadulterated, natural, raw milk that has all of its beneficial bacteria, all of its enzymes, all of its proteins, cofactors, antibodies, everything intact just like mother's breast milk, just like Mother Nature created and designed it to be, instead of an allergenic food with all of its antibodies destroyed, its proteins all twisted around, its enzymes destroyed, its probiotic bacteria are now broken up into little pieces and cause and trigger allergies and trigger asthma when raw milk actually heals asthma. So we've got this horrendous, horrendous car wreck going on in America right now, which is actually encouraged by the medical community because so much money is being made. 20% of our gross national product right now is made on is is made up of the medical community, the drugs and the hospitalization and doctors, and they are the strongest lobby. So there's this screaming match between the lobby trying to suppress anybody saying foods heal, and their greedy need to continue illness. Well, who are and the drug pushers? <laughs> They're the drug pushers. Yeah. They're the ones. They are who the drug are like... pushers. Let's get you all hopped up on what we've got here. Nothing's going to actually cure you, but it'll alleviate this symptom, but it might kill you in the you process. It. You know, all the you side effects that you, that you get from that. I mean, where's the quality of life in that? I mean, talk about right. the beneficial bacteria needing to keep the bad ones in check. I think that's kind of what this movement is, is like trying to say, hey – I don't want to eat your crap. I don't want to put that processed <laughs> stuff in my body. And and I'm not afraid of bacteria that have been proven to be helpful to my ecosystem. I'm Correct. I mean, what, like the, there's a certain percentage of our cells, our non-human cells, are actually oh, bacteria. You go to the National Institutes of Health. You listen to Bonnie, ba uh, Bonnie da uh, Basler's work at MIT. And, you know, the Human Biome Project has shown that, 90-some-odd percent or more of the cells in our body are actually bacterial and yeast and viral and not human, and that the human cells depend on is the biodiversity of associated cells, bacteria around them, to actually complete the human biome. And this is information in the last two years that's been just discovered uh, by the leading universities that you know we are incomplete as humans unless we have good bacteria covering us inside and outside. 
Um, and we get immune depressed, autoimmune depressed, all kinds of uh, problems happen when we don't have these good bacterial colonies. Uh, a recent Yale study was in 2008 showed that when bacteria is removed from the GI tract of rats, they all got type 1 diabetes. Going forward in this country, one of every three children is supposed to have type 1 diabetes going forward. Aren't we the Yale rat experiment? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Crazy. Well, basically, that's, that's what they're doing with it by by putting all these untested GMOs into our food supply in the first place and not telling anyone is we right. are the lab rats. We are the experiment. <laughs> yes, it, we are. Like, where's the sense well, in that? Well, I, I don't know that there is any sense. I don't know that it's a conscious effort to do what we just said. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of this unconscious stupidity that's kind of grown out of greed. Yeah. Um, and, and And I really do think that this is a grassroots movement. The kombuchas, the people who make probiotic raw kombucha, the people who drink raw milk, the people who eat the raw cheeses, the people that want unadulterated farmer's market food, those people are saying, to hell with all that madness. I'm not going to jump off that cliff. I'm going to be healthy, and it's going to start with food. It's going to start with good bacteria and enzymes. And you know what? The people that are doing that, they're not getting sick. They're healing themselves, and they're preventing disease. They're not getting allergies. They're not having asthma. They're not getting Crohn's disease. And that's the liberation that's going on with this movement right now. Right. Well, it's not even that, that you aren't exposed to harm other pathogens or other things that could cause illness, but because your immune system has been bolstered by the beneficial bacteria and probiotics, those other harmful pathogens don't really have a place to live in the body because there's no room that's for them. That's right. That's exactly They're com- competitively excluded. That's the hygiene hypothesis. And it's all been proven. I mean, you put in the probiotic gut bacteria and the bad bugs to die off. I mean, you put them in the same petri dish, the good bugs eat the bad bugs. Mm. Uh, that's the nature of life on earth, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I grew <laughs> up drinking milk and then when I got to like, you know, kind of my 20s, I stopped drinking it because it just, it didn't make me feel good and it gave me a lot of, you know, mucus and things like that. And I always thought it was so weird that there was no study saying, yeah, milk causes mucus because it seemed such an obvious connection in my mind. And we seem to be the only species on earth that actually drinks milk from another animal, which is which is kind of like a weird thing that's evolved. So how, how does milk, how is it beneficial? Well, here, here's something that I find very interesting. I, I find myself answering that same question. Um, you know, you go back 125 years ago, and there's a lot of populations of people around the world that ate foods, um, and not all of them had raw milk. I mean, the Eskimos never drank a drop of raw milk, but they ate a lot of raw eggs. They had a lot of fermented uh, fish, seal blubber, raw fats. And uh, there was a guy by the name of Dr. Weston Price who went around in the 1920s and 30s and studied ancient cultures around the world that did not eat modern processed foods. And he found that not everybody drank raw milk, but everybody around the world ate the things found in raw milk. In other words, the probiotic diversity of good bacteria, the raw fats, the good enzymes, the mineral availability. They were all the things found in the living foods that people ate around the world. So it didn't matter whether you were a black in the Maasai or whether you were in Mongolia in Asia in China, whether you were a Swiss Highlander, whether you were a Scottish Islander, whether you were an Eskimo, whether you were a South Sea Polynesian. You all these had access to whole food, enzyme-rich, biodiverse, good fats from either grass-fed animals, or their mammals, or from their from their meat or from their milk. And so it was very interesting that in America we're missing good fats because everything's grain-fed. Grain-fed fats and, fat and grass-fed fats are completely different. One's got high omega-3s, one's got low omega-3s and high 6s. One's good cholesterol, one's not. Uh, we're missing all of our probiotic bacteria because we're bacteriophobic and everything's sterilized. We're missing all of our enzymes. 
and we're missing mineral availability because we don't have any good fats. So all these things, when you drink your glass of raw milk and eat whole foods from a farmer's market, guess what? You start getting those things that are missing from our diet in the last 100 years. This last 75 or 80 years, this rat experiment we're on has yielded things like autism rate, 1 in 70, 1 in 80 kids now with autism, and diabetes going crazy, and obesity going nuts, and all these asthma going crazy, and irritable bowel syndrome, and Crohn's. That's what it's given us. It hasn't given us better life. It's given us a very destructive medical paradigm. Thank you for listening to the Kombucha Camp Podcast with Mark McAfee of Organic Pastures. Be sure you click through to hear part two.